Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, episode 53, April 1st, 2023. So glad you could make it. Well, to lead off with, obviously, last week was not May 25th, as I mentioned in the opening. Um, people are going to be researching and using this podcast to do some serious research centuries from now, and they're going to be thrown off by that by that misspeak. But uh, last week, of course, was March 25th, and uh, today is April 1st, season two of uh, of DT Madness. So, uh, yeah, thank you for a solid year. Uh, as we begin the second year of the podcast, I wanted to share the stats from the first um, the first year. 1,787 downloads, 1,787 downloads. The majority, overwhelming majority of which came from the United States, but 13 in Canada. 10 from France, 7 from the UK, 4 from Russia, not sure how I feel about that, and then 1 or 2 from each of the following, India, Belgium, Chile, Germany, Mexico, Nepal, Philippines, Romania, El Salvador, Ukraine, and then 2 from unknown, and I really don't know how I feel about that, Um, perhaps from a different dimension, uh, perhaps from a different planet. Uh, it's hard to know. Uh, the 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 platforms used were Spotify, Podbean, and Apple Podcast. All of those accounted for about twenty five percent, with Google Podcasts uh, coming in somewhere around five or six, and then the remaining twenty percent just chopped up among a whole bunch of places I didn't know that you could access the podcast. So that's pretty cool. The top episode by far that was downloaded was episode 18 episode 18 was dt sam and fluff came to new york and that is the one about the epic adventures of sam and me um just getting into phantom of the opera at the last second the the crazy airplane situations and you know mets games and then fish on long island um yeah that was a that was something for sure i don't know why that one that one caught on or if perhaps like I, I used to put it out on Twitter, but I'm not really a Twitter guy. I don't know if that one took off because of the fish references or whatever, but 178 of those, the next one coming in at 124, which was five goat albums, which was the premiere. That was episode one. And then episode two, Tennis's life coming in at 60, which is pretty much where the rest of them um, are. And so three times as much for episode 18. There are user retention graphs, and I really have no idea how to read those. And so thank you to the four or five of you that I know that listen um, on a pretty much weekly basis and that you work to get caught up, maybe even while you're sitting at work. I know that the, uh, the smooth tones of DT Madness help you, uh, you know, really chill and relax while, you, while you're working. Um, but no, I seriously appreciate, uh, what you do and the feedback that I get. This is great, great fun for me and I'm excited to keep going. 
I have been adding to what I'm calling the uh, the hymns of the six, you know, the hymns of the Church of Six, uh, kind of a, a hymn book. And this week I, I wanted to add some Natalie Merchant in. I've never really been a speaker of tongues or really understood all of that type of religious behavior, except for, you know, maybe that is the thing that happens when I'm singing along with Natalie Merchant, whether I really only listen to two albums. Um, Our Time in Eden is good, but like, I really just listen to the 10,000 Maniacs um, Unplugged album, or I'm listening to Tiger Lily. And and those are really the two that, that get me going. And sometimes I'll be singing along, I mean, just like feeling it deep down, you know, I mean, way down and just letting it belt out. And I have no idea what words I'm singing because I have no idea what words she's singing. But still, the way that she does it, man, it's just something really, really good. So I, I thought about a couple different ones to add in to the hymn book here. And I was going to go with... Uh, mm, what is that one called? The the one about the river. It's deep track on uh, Tiger Lily, because uh, where I go, that's what it's called, and and because it's like the testament of my life going down to the river. So check that one out, and that one may end up in the hymn book. But I, I'm going with the uh, the opening track on the Ten Thousand Maniacs. You know, let's say let's say how to Natalie and and the Ten Thousand Maniacs. You know that opening. Um, These are days. Um, these are the days you might fill with laughter until you break. These days you might feel a shaft of light across your face, you know, blessed and lucky. And so I'm going with these are days because even when they're difficult, man, even when I'm struggling, which I'm, I'm in my feels a little bit this morning in my nerves, some, um, it's now, you know, it's it's this day. So that's, that's the one. I, I thought about adding a couple more in. I'm just going to tell you that I've been kind of off of, not off, but like, more into Dave than I have been because usually, like I say, every week Fish takes up a lot of my music space. But um, the song Granny, I think, is definitely going to make it in. I don't even want to say the lyrics because I'm pretty sure it's going to make it in next week. And then I was listening to Sirius XM of a, a concert from Saratoga in 96, and this version of Cry Freedom came on. And I really just need to read those lyrics because Dave, again, uh, uh, much like Natalie, uh, we'll get to the, the, the speaking in tongues where you don't uh, understand exactly what it is. But but, but anyway, Sydney, this is a, a little bit um, of an interesting opening, but just kind of a question really. But Sydney had a dream of when she was driving and then she had a, a, a slight wreck. And the reason why is because in her dream, her vision changed from normal vision to this overhead angle vision. I, I don't know if you've been watching the March Madness or if you watch college basketball at all, but there's a standard camera angle that's that's kind of from the side so that, you know, if you're watching, if you're listening to it on the radio, they'd be saying, you know, Duke coming down the court, moving from left to right, and you can visualize that. That's the That's the angle that's typical. But sometimes they'll go to that, you know, it's not probably a drone, but it's, some type of of camera that they can operate on that cable. And it gives you this overhead perspective, like you're in the game, I guess, is the point. We're not a big fan of it. In fact, I've never heard anybody be glad about it. And until the other night, I made the statement that nobody has ever scored a basket while in that camera angle. But then someone did. And so that was really a feat to behold. 
Um, but but that overhead view is what what switched in Sydney's dream, and then she uh, ended up having a crash because she hates that uh, she hates that uh, that angle as well. Um, and she's a new driver, and so I'm I'm certain that her subconscious is processing all the things. That same night, though, and I, I hesitated to tell her, but that same night, I had a dream of some of my friends, some of our you know teacher friends that were. Uh, or, or I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like four people mixed together, you know, in your dream, but whatever. Um, but they were just talking about Sydney going through the fires in my dream. I don't know if that dream was happening at the same time or if anything. I don't know if anything. But it did make me wonder, like, and what do you think? Like, can we be connected like that subconsciously? I'm not trying to be too far out there. It, it just is a question that arose in my mind. You know, um, that different type of dream consciousness, it's really interesting to me. I mean, the all the way asleep consciousness that I think is different is also interesting. But but anyway, um, I guess that takes us to tea time with Mara. And this is the time where I wrestle some with the shadows. Um, if you if you don't remember, if you're just now tuning in to season two, um, the, the Siddhartha Gautama, uh, who is known as the Buddha, um, the goddess of darkness, I guess, or I, god of darkness. I'm not exactly sure. I don't, I'm not that familiar with Buddhist um, lore. <laughs> but it, that person is named Mara, and that person is kind of the tempter, you know, the tempter of of, of of the Buddha and his friend, the Buddha's friend tries to keep Mara away, but, but the Buddha invites Mara in uh, for a cup of tea. And he wants to, he wants to acknowledge and wrestle with, with those shadows and, and with the darkness and, and such as that. So anyway, that's tea time with Mara. And I have to say, and these are times where like, I really am super vulnerable with the things that I deal with, but I rode by this place called, uh, it's a very small little church and it's called the chapel of Christ. And, um, <clears throat> I thought that I saw someone out there that I knew from, you know, a decade ago or so. And man, I got really jealous. I got really jealous in it. And it opened up a whole bunch of wounds that I thought I was moving beyond, but obviously am not, you know, like still raw and still aching type wounds. And, um, I, uh, man, that was really something. And I, I, that, that took me for a loop pretty much that whole day. And when I was sitting down at the river, I thought about uh, that whole process and, and, and tried to consider what this feeling was, was about, what it's trying to, to, to tell me, you know, and, uh, uh, like how my body is reacting and so forth. And there's this really strong sense I have, like the need to belong. I want to I want to belong, but at the same time, I also have a strong desire to lead. And when I, I guess, encounter people that have similar, I don't know, these are things I'm saying for the first thing, first time right now, so I'll have to weigh these out. But perhaps when I meet other people that are similar, that is where a clash can arise. But, but, but I don't know, like it's, it, it was just really a thing and, and made me wrestle with some some realities that I think 
I I was I had forgotten to see the person. I had forgotten to see the human involved in the issues that went down um, with our group of people at Broad River. And I got stuck on the thing, you know, like because I did want to take care of the thing. I did want to rescue the thing, which is another thing I'm wrestling with. Like, is that my inner child? You know, um, it probably is. I don't mean to make light of those kinds of things. Um, it becomes cliche sounding because it's on TV and, and like uh, media and such as that. But um, I think those are real things. But anyway, that was the thing that I was that was wrestling with. And, and, and at the same time, like things that I've been praying for and about and letting prayers fill me with, you know, is that type of thing. But also like my big fear is going to the doctor. I've shared that on here before and I know how irrational it is I know how irrational it is and it's a thing that I try to just run from and hope that I can make it you know and I, I don't know I just have this penchant to go to the worst possible places which I know like the the, the commercials that come on and and the media that I'm I'm consuming and I know that that's in the reality of life like I I know that that's a part of it um but I, I want to live in in peace from that i want to experience real happiness where i can accept whatever it is i can accept whatever it is and be sad and be um maybe even afraid uh, uh but not terrorized not panicked or like with that big sense of dread and, and i don't think i'm alone in that but sometimes i guess i feel that i am but Anyway, that was a that was a good time. Tea time with Mara. And I, I thought about the the tattoo that I have, you know, like because I can make all these claims and I keep saying the same things each week. But my tattoo is about hope. It's about surrendering. It is about those things. It's about trusting in the flow and knowing that what I do now does have an impact and that being alive now is the thing. Um, and so I, I recognize that the tattoo that I have is a symbol, is a symbol of the freedom that I long for. And, and maybe that, you know, this is the third life, but I'm in the early stages, perhaps a sensory motor stage or a pre-operational stage. If you're into Piaget of the third life, but a prayer that I've been wrestling with down at the river on my rock is um, is unpacking. Uh, the, the term baggage is used, you know, and for good reason. And I just want to be able to pull all of the things out of the case that I carry and, and, and lay it all out on the rocks, man. You know, like feel that, feel that type of freedom. So, um, Mr. Good, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but Mr. Good has put out a couple of different prompts to his class this week and 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 I've been writing along with them not in the same way they've got to write it for a for an essay you know for their exam and and good's prepping him for that because he's a phenomenal teacher but he's prepping him for that and what they don't realize is that he's teaching them so much more maybe they do realize it by now they've been with him long enough um, but anyway this is my um, attempt at happiness 
happiness. It's in the way a brand new baby reflexively grasps your finger. And that laugh of a toddler that comes from the belly and shakes her whole body. It's in the triumph of first steps and next steps. It's in rain delays at major league parks and transformative notes of a middle school concert or the ones found on a stage on Broadway. Happiness is in the moment your kid backs the car out of the driveway, windows down to take her first drive. It's in the beaming gaze of a loved one after they've experienced the overcoming of an obstacle. It's in the hug, the one that you're not quite sure how to let go of as your baby boy stays on the mountain for his first day of college while you drive back down through the storm that yields a rainbow. It's that first moment where you know she's the one, the exchanged looks and the flutters, the creation of inside jokes and the knowing glances. It's in the day you realize no matter how far you run away and get lost, she'll still be there anyway. Happiness is found in the sounds of horse hooves at sunset by a lake as your bride skips her way towards you in this wonderful world. Happiness is in the fluttering leaf that drifts down through the filtered rays of sunlight in the forest by the glimmering river. It's talking for hours or millennia with the turtles on the rocks as the sparse treescape explodes with the color of spring. In the majesty and mystery. Ultimately, happiness is in the invitation to unpack and stay a while. We collect and store away so much baggage along the way. Things that we think we may need, things that remind us of a different day, or things that help us to forget. But it becomes so heavy, so heavy. And it takes all we have to carry the burden. The burden becomes us. Until you meet someone who invites you to unpack, you become willing to be met. Human connection. Someone who sees not all the things you carry, but sees only you. You see and are seen. You know and are known. You love and are loved. Shared humanity flowing together as the water of life. Happiness is that. I'll make another comment on that happiness uh, essay that I attempted to write, or poem probably is a better way to describe it. Um, I have a, an addition to it. But first, halftime. Uh, I have to tell you that as mayor, I went up with the town manager and a councilman, Mayor Pro Tem, uh, and we went up to Raleigh to beg, no, we should say lobby, for money for our new streetscape, which will involve like better sidewalks, you know, wider ones, outdoor seating, just beautification, water lines, sewer lines, bearing power lines, turn signals, whatever, like a bunch of stuff. So we went to Raleigh because it's budget season. And we drove up the three and a half hours through the Gastonia traffic and had a great time um, discussing things, listening to Dave Matthews Radio, thankfully my town manager who was driving this sweet new Tahoe. Um, it is a, a great music person. He, he likes good music. So we went up there and we went to the speaker's office first. Speaker Tim Moore is our guy. He's the representative for our district and just happens to be the speaker as well. So that's pretty convenient. And we went and we met with him. He was super excited because they had just overridden a veto of Governor Cooper's first time they had been able to do that. I think he said in seven years, 
Um, it worked out because three of the Democrats were absent that day. And so it lowered it down to the threshold that they needed. But anyway, it was buzzing. Like it was buzzing. It's budget time. There are all these people that are there. Like I, I, I got this. I don't know. I'm going to say two things right here and they really don't go together. I hope I'll have to do some tea time, I guess with, with that. But it, it made me understand kind of how it would be to live under a king. And, and the king has all the wealth. The king controls all the wealth and controls all of the resources because, because the king. And then you have these supplicants and the supplicants come to the king and they, 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 what is, what is they request a, a, a presence? What is it? A hearing? No. Oh man, I'm not going to be able to think of that word. But, um, but they, they come before the king, of course, kneel down. Might we have $3 million for our streetscape, sire? You know, these types of, your majesty, these types of things. And then maybe the king, if the king is a benevolent king, he'll dish it out. But, but I both understood the position I was in as well as the one that the speaker was in, having that type of power. And we're just talking about like a billion dollars here. You know, $3 million is what we were looking for. And... When you begin to think about the, the the wealth of a kingdom or the wealth of a nation, wow, that's crazy. But anyway, like we were there and, and all the things are stirring around and like there's just movement and you could just feel the energy. And honestly, like I have not thought about running for anything other than mayor. I, I've, I wanted to be mayor. I'm glad to be mayor. I intend to run again, at least at this moment, for mayor in 2025. And, but man, that first, that was the first time I was like, Running for state office would be pretty cool. So I don't know that that uh, it it was intoxicating. It really was, um, and I don't think it's because I want someone to come and uh, you know beg for for mercy or for three million or whatever. But uh, but we did that and it was great. And then we ended up going to I, 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 we ended up going to this place called Char Grill where I got a grilled cheese with bacon. I didn't go for the burger. I still haven't had red meat. Um, I have dabbled into the pork the last couple of days, but, um, I got some French fries and I got a milkshake and man, and a Dr. Pepper. Like I just went for it. It's just messed up, man. How all the things that can be so good just aren't good for you. And that's just messed up. But anyway, um, we, we ended up, uh, after that going to our Senator's office, Senator Alexander, and it was a little bit of a different experience. We got a really good vibe from the speaker. He seemed to indicate that they wouldn't be able to give us the full 3 million, which we kind of understood, but that they would be able to kick in some. And that's why we went up there. So it was a successful trip already. The Senator, you know, they hadn't released their budget yet and they won't do that for a while. And so I don't think he really knew what he could say or how that was going to work. Um, so the vibe wasn't as good. I will tell you that both in both offices, the main thing that they wanted to talk about was what was going on with Gardner Webb and, and Omax Gardner and all this kind of stuff. And we just kind of put our hands up like Elvin, if, if you've ever watched Cosby show, um, one or two of you might be able to make that movement right now. But anyway, it was a, a really cool trip. I got to see like the old, the old legislative building and, and sit in the session and speaker Moore took us up to the dais where he's, he presides and, it was just, it was really cool. And I left, I'm not going to lie. Like I could do that job. I could do that job, but, um, whatever we, we had our music on main. We had our, our, our first, uh, local kind of street concert on Thursday night and that was great. So it, it was just a good week 
of mayordom, and that was pretty cool. And then yesterday, Mr. Good had his kids write some letters, and I got I got some letters from some of my students from last year who still come to see me and who I've convinced to take one of my classes next year. Um, I love that. Like, I really would love to set it up to where I had the same students, even the difficult ones. You know that because it's it's so much about relationship. I am one of the teachers that really wants to have year long classes all the way across the board. And I, I hear teachers and I understand like wanting to get rid of them halfway through the year if they're difficult. And I bet students are like that too. You know, like sometimes it just doesn't mesh, but a shorter time period, 45, 50 minutes each day. But anyway, but these kids, man, they wrote some letters to me and it was really encouraging. Um, they do, they say they wanted to boost me up because they, that I've been moody lately, which I immediately responded. I'm not moody. And um, okay. But, uh, also I'm, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. Y'all, I started this course of, um, human anatomy and physiology. And the reason why I did is because of this, this issue that I have with like my physical health and physical well being and doctors and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, man, it makes me really nervous to study all those kinds of things. It does. It makes me nervous to even study them. Um, but I thought if I could study them and begin to understand exactly what was going on and take some of the mystery out of the thing that that would be helpful. So I, I've, I've gotten through the digestive tract. I did that. I'm onto the respiratory system now. And, um, I don't like it when I miss a question. It's a, it's free course because it's a, it's really a study. I agreed to be in a study of how online learning works. And so that's pretty good too, because it helps me to understand how to, um, to teach better. So it's kind of a couple stones about set a couple birds. Yeah. A couple birds with one stone, not a couple stones with one bird, but, um, anyway, I'll keep you updated, man. I'm going to, I'm going to basically be a human anatomy and physiology guy, um, going, going here. One quick handyman update. I told you about the, uh, the toilet still, but the water bill's cool. So, um, you know, maybe it just adds character to the house as of now, but, the uh, the the door that the cedar door on the thing that my dad built, um, Isaac fixed it. He took it down and wood glued it back together. You know, had it had it clamped up a little bit and then uh, put it back up. And you couldn't you can't tell a thing. So uh, yeah, handyman duties duties going to Isaac these days. Well, I did mention that I wanted to add some things in about the uh, the happiness essay. If you go back and listen to it, or if even if you don't, like the the idea that I had in my head was to try to trace life along the way: babies, toddlers, you know, um, teenagers, getting getting married and falling in love and whatever, like all that time, kind of the the, the pattern of life, and to indicate that that it's now, you know, that it's that it's unpacking and sharing all of those moments with everyone that has to unpack, you know, it's that kind of thing. But one of the things that I left out in terms of those stages was that the amazing life that I get to live as a teacher and with students and seeing the students grow and become both become and be, you know, it's, it's, it's both of those things. It's, I want to, I hope you change, you know, I hope you continue to change, but I hope you always stay the same. That, type of, of, of idea. And, uh, it's really something like it does bring a lot of happiness. The other, um, the other prompt good went hard. He went heavy and he just like, okay, so what's the purpose of life? 
And I had one of my students come in, one of the students, Allie, and she was struggling with the prompt because she, she's like, I, I, there's not a, there's not a purpose. And, you know, there were jokes about, oh, you don't think there's a purpose. So I said, I don't mean it like that. And I knew what she meant. I knew what she meant. And that sparked the inspiration for me because you can find inspiration in places. Inspiration moved me brightly, right, Jerry? But um, I was glad to hear her wrestling with that major topic, which, of course, people have been wrestling with from the beginning. Um, And I thought about saving this until next week, but uh, instead I decided just to end um, episode 53 with it. The purpose of life. The purpose of life is not to. It is setting sail for the new world and burning down the mast. It is charting your own course and surrendering to the flow. It is both and either. It is chaos and order. It is a step back and a step forward. It is the dark clouds hanging over with vicious wind and lightning in the calm hour after it passes as the sun returns to expose the vivid green of spring. It is the happiness that comes with new birth and the sadness that accompanies passing. It is the body and the soul. It is emptiness and being filled to overflowing. It is the radiant light of truth and the mystery that resides in the dark. The purpose of life is not to It is found in climbing up into the unbreakable net of grace to find the one. To rest in the glory of and. To rejoice in the reality that obedience to death yields the only true life. Renewed, redeemed, resurrected life. The purpose is found in pursuing the moment. The moment where you find eternity in the now. And realizing in your pursuit that you never really had to look. It was always there. With you. In you. You. Both a child of and a co-heir of the one. The purpose of life is not two. It is one. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Bucket of Life, brought to you by the Magic Rock times two, by the Foundation Tower of Stone, by the Wall of Belief, and by the Token of Hope. I saw a sign in somebody's B-reel that said that this week, so I'm glad this Somebody's listening, you know? But it said nothing divine is desperate. Don't forget to believe, y'all. And be live. Peace, my friends.